Hey Radio Nonsense listeners, if your grotty bleaters, sorry, grown-ups, want to help support this podcast, then they can sign you up to the Linda Edition via Apple Podcasts or Acast Plus. The Linda Edition is a version of this very show where adverts appear as often as Linda does, which is never. Yes, including this annoying advert at the beginning. You'll also get the podcast a whole day earlier than everyone else, and you never know, if enough people sign up, there might be bonus content too. Get those grotty bleaters to hit the button on Apple Podcasts, or find the confusing link in the podcast blurb to do it on Acast+. Plus. Linda? You hear that, Linda? You have your own edition of the show, Linda? Ugh. a ruler because I very much need you to measure my sandwich. That's an important intro line from Clement, aged eight there. Are either of you two rulers, uh, Ada or Ben? Um, I'm a ruler over a small kingdom of my bathroom. Oh, that's very impressive. Uh, Can you use that to measure a sandwich? Uh, Yeah, if it's a bathroom-sized sandwich. Okay, I don't know. Clement hasn't said, well, we we don't know what size his sandwich is. That's why he needs a ruler. Um, Ada, a ruler of any sort? I I have a musical ruler uh, that I use to measure musical things. So if it was a musical sandwich, Clement might be all right. Absolutely, yes. Hello and welcome to Radio Nonsense, the official comedy club for kids podcast. The only completely silly podcast made especially for everyone from ages 6 to 99. But, and look, I say this every single week because it seems they just can't get the message. It's not for 100-year-olds. Stop listening. When I was young, 100 years ago, you didn't have podcasts. You just got a man to shout bananas at you in the street like this. Bananas! No one cares. Stop listening and go check out your own podcast. Like, I don't know, comedy club for... 100-year-olds presents radio, just radio. Look, sorry, everyone. What I meant to say was, uh, welcome to episode three. I'm Tin and Yeb, which is what happens if you leave your name in your trouser pocket, then it goes in the wash. Uh, this week, <laughs> I am joined by two absolutely brilliant guests who will definitely be able to deal with all of your questions and topics that you've sent in. Uh, first up, welcome to the show, Fancy Sorcerer, Ada Kemp. Hello, thanks for having me. That's, do you mind being called a fancy sorcerer? No, I love it. I'm going to put that on my posters immediately. It's, it's a bit nicer than just sort of magician, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Sorcerer or conjurer, actually, is marvellous. You're a fancy conjurer. Fancy conjurer. That's very exciting. And how are you, how are you today? Are you good? Gorgeous, actually. Splendid, I would say. That's very, you, you look splendid. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for coming in. Um, and obviously, this is a, a, a podcast. Um, and because it's audio form, I wondered, Ada, if you have a favourite noise that you'd like to do for us. I like this noise very much. Are you waiting? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Oh, that was good. I like that. That was pretty good. And and what what's that the noise of? It's the noise of discovery. Oh, wow. And anticipation. What? What's in the box? Ooh. What was in it? I don't know. Oh, my goodness. I haven't opened it yet because <laughs> I'm still in that stage where I go, ooh. Oh, I suppose and then there's another noise when you open it and you discover it. Yes. That's so, a different noise depending on what it is. Sure. Could you just maybe give us a noise of if it's something good? If it's something good, you'll be, wow. Oh, that's good. And what if it's something just a bit rubbish? Oops. Yeah, that's good. That's very good. I, I imagined all of that. That's very well Thank done. Thank you very much. Um, and uh, I've also been told, Ada, and you can tell me if this is wrong, because I do just get my facts from the, you know, the um, the word on the street, the birds in the trees, the grapes on the vine. Um, I've been told that you're a secret tree spotter. Is that I true? I am. You have to be very careful and quite tired to spot the secret trees. You squint your eyes and walk into a wood, and then occasionally you get one. And what does a secret tree look like? Well, it- 
it's quite blurry, depending on how squinted <laughs> your eyes are. But often tall and with a, a sort of um, fuzzy bark, like this. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. This, that sounds like an absolutely fascinating job. How long have you been doing that for, then? Um, let's see. I think uh, four months. Oh, wow. Fairly new to it. Yes. Yes, well, well, fantastic. Well, it's very lovely to have an expert tree spotter on this show, not Thank something you. that we've had before. Um, and, of course, we have another guest. Uh, second up, we have Hair But With Legs. It's Ben Vanderbilt. <laughs> Hello. Greetings to you, Ben. Greetings to you as well, Tiernan. And how are you on this fine, fine day? Uh, I'm fine. I'm talking to you from my mouth that is in my legs. Oh, that's good. I mean, I, I just thought that was an apt way to describe you because you always have just such incredible mass of hair. Yeah, thanks, pal. I'm essentially a mop that a wizard has bewitched into a real-life man. Oh, wait, hang on, a wizard? Or a fancy sorcerer? Oh, or a fancy... Yeah, I'm here <gasps> with my creator. This could be terrifying. I, yeah. don't know, I don't know where that could lead to. Any sort, you might be turned into something else during the course of this show. There's, there's any chance uh, Ada might turn me into any manner of household implement. Either that or you're trying to do a live action sorcerer's apprentice with me. I'm not giving away my secrets. <laughs> That's very fair. That's very fair. Um, ben, uh, as we asked Ada, it's an audio podcast. Do you have a favourite noise? I do. And what would that be? It is... Oh, oh wow. Now, um, now, I don't want to jump in there. Is that a confused dog? Uh, no, it's a dog that's just had a really good idea. Oh. Uh, may I ask what the idea is? Uh, the idea was more bones. Oh, that's good. Well, it's, it's a pretty good idea. I mean, it also, it depends on how many bones they had in the first place. Dogs have got a very simplistic view of the world. There is either the bones, less bones, or more bones. So right. every time they have an idea, it is generally for more bones, and they're surprised and happy about it. What happens if they have an idea about less bones? Oh, that's very... Oh, that's... It's just broken my heart. That's very sad. I, I didn't expect I that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't... I'm sorry, listeners. I didn't know that was going to happen. That's a... <laughs> Oh, right. we've accidentally um, made a tragedy podcast for children very, and dogs. It's very sad. It's very sad. Tragedy club for kids. Um, ben. Um, <laughs> no, no one gets out alive. No, it's all very sad. Um, ben, uh, I've, I've got an interesting fact about you, and I just mm-hmm. want to check if this is true as well. It's important that we don't do any fake news on this show. Um, is it true that you're partly named after a really famous ice cream van, Ben Van? Uh, that, that is true. I edited my Wikipedia page this morning to make it true. Wow. So yeah. it wasn't true until this morning? No, until this morning it was fake news, but now I've edited Wikipedia. It is absolutely true. And I uh, have gone out and bought the original Ben Van as oh, well. Oh, wow. So you're bringing it back. You're going to do a reboot? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I am. It's basically an ice cream van, but it's uh, instead of like a roof, it's just got massive uh, hair. That must make it very unaerodynamic. Unherodynamic. Uh, Unherodynamic. Nice, nice. Oh my goodness. People, we're witnessing something rather special. Uh, it's gone from tragedy to just innovation in with a matter of seconds. Um, and of course, uh, listeners, we must make absolutely sure that this show is entirely suitable for everyone from six years old all the way to 99. 100 year olds, what is your problem? Take your ear horn out and go away. Um, and to do that, uh, what rude word will you definitely not be saying today, Ben? Probably I won't be saying purple kitten sick. Oh. Oh, I'm glad you're not saying that. That's quite disgusting. Yeah, it's pretty nice. It's almost as nasty as rancid alligator junks. Sure, sure. Yeah. But it's not quite... I mean, I'd say that that is not as... Purple kitten sick is... Yeah. Oh, just thinking about that is horrific. Yeah, do you know how difficult it is to get a kitten to eat that many blueberries? I'd, I'd say pretty hard. Yeah, they just, they just won't do it. They won't, they won't do, it. do it, but you've managed it, or is this? Yeah, I do. You, ba- you basically have to just squeeze them in a particular spot, and every time they go, ah, 
You just put another blueberry in. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm very glad you're not discussing this on today's show. I'm really I think glad it would not discussing it either. And upset every single person that listens to this. Yeah, it's sort of like... And then they'd probably be sick in a purple sort of kitten-sick way. And then somebody would have to see that, and then they'd be sick in a purple kitten-sick. I mean, it would cause a horrific effect all up and down the country. And that would be your fault. But you're, you're not doing it. No, I'm not. I'm... So it's fine? Yes, it is. We're all going to be all right. Thank you for not saying that. Um, Ada, what rude word are you definitely not going to be saying today? I'm not going to say the word biscuits. Whoa! Oh, yes, I know. Which is a sort of thing that looks like a biscuit, but is made of poo. No! Yes! That's oh, a horrific trap. It's horrid. Don't Who think would... of it. Stop thinking of it immediately. Are they made by McSquitties? They're very good. <laughs> very good, yes. Probably. It's a knockoff, probably. That's yes. it. It's really horrific. I can't believe that. I'd hate to... It's very good that we're not going to be talking about this today. And I'll just say it today. I'm going to make sure that I do not say, under any circumstances, a wee-wee xylophone. Um, that is an awful word, despite it being a very uh, incredible historical instrument, the wee-wee xylophone. Um, that's the reason that you might know um, that there's the term going for a tinkle. But look, anyway... Um, <laughs> Isn't a wee-wee xylophone just a Frenchman saying, yes, yes, xylophone? Also that, but if we were doing a French podcast, I'd be able to say wee-wee xylophone because right. it would mean something different. But in a British podcast... Uh, which obviously goes out to the world, and bonjour to any French listeners. But uh, on this particular podcast, I will not be saying wee-wee xylophone, and I won't even say it once, I promise. Um, of course, as well as the guests, uh, the other very important person on this show is you. You there, listening to this show. And every week, we need you to send in topics that you'd like to hear comedians discuss, questions you think we should answer, and also any ideas for opening or closing lines and any self-written jokes you'd like us to read out. You can send one or all of those things by asking your nearest grown-up to help you email us at podcast at comedy club for kids.co.uk The first subject this week is from Tom, age 12, who has asked, and I think you guys are going to like this, it's right up your street. Um, this question is very important. What's going on with breadsticks? Why is my dad so obsessed with breadsticks? <laughs> it's a really good question, isn't it? Uh, is it bread? Is it sticks? How can it be both of those things? Um, Ada, any ideas? I'm not a clue. I've never been a fan of breadsticks or even cheese sticks, to be honest. I don't really like sticks at all. I'd, wow. Yes. I'd not rather just have stick. a plain pizza or a pretzel, maybe. And when you're doing your knocking. secret tree spotting, what happens if that tree has sticks attached to it? Oh, that's all right. If it's attached to a tree, but if it's lone in the wild roaming, how do we know it's a stick? It might be something pretending to be a stick. If it's not attached to the tree, how do you know? Like, a, yeah, the stick insects, aren't there? Yes, but they're pretending to be sticks, you see. Right. So there's something sort of naughty about them. They're What's trying you, to get one over you. Yes. What would be impressive is if a, a stick insect, if you, there's the bread insect, which pretends to be bread. Yes. Yeah. Instead well, they have that, don't they? The butterflies and such, like in Alice in Wonderland. Oh, my goodness. Yes, yes of course. Call back there to some ancient children's entertainment. That's fantastic. So there's butterflies. They're made, we know there's stick insects. And honeybees. And oh, my got, goodness. And they've got, like, Good a Lord. lovely tea time star. Marmite ants, Yes, yes, absolutely. Oh, of course, the famous chutney, famous chutney cockroach. Very cool. Yeah, pate spiders as well. Um, <laughs> and of course, you get uh, you get those uh, laughing cow woodlice, which are particularly dangerous. <laughs> I've almost eaten several of those, uh, which has been pretty awful. Um, so, I mean, obviously, uh, that can be you're wary of sticks. I am. So, let alone a breadstick. Yes, if, not sure. If you were surrounded by breadsticks, would you feel slightly panicked? I'd be all right, but I'd worry for any gluten-free friends who might be in the vicinity. That's very true. Does that mean? Any, like, if you were surrounded by gluten-free breadsticks? I don't know. Well, could they stand up as breadsticks? I think they would sort of droop, rather. Oh, that's a sad story. Wouldn't Bread they? droops. 
Does it droop? I don't know if Tom's dad would be as obsessed with bread droops. Really? Uh, ben, how do you, I mean, what is going on with them? Do you know what's going on? Uh, so I think people are finding it difficult to tell the difference between what is bread and what is a stick. And there's a really easy test you can do is that if you throw some bread, um, then it will just attract pigeons. Where if you throw a stick, it'll attract dogs. So if you throw, if you think that you've got a stick and you throw it and your dog goes, then you've probably got some bread. But what if you throw a breadstick and it attracts dog pigeons or pigeon dogs? That is a real conundrum, right there. Well, it's uh, well. Then what you can do, you've got to hope that it, that you get pigeon greyhounds uh, because then you can get them to take part in a land and air race. Oh wow! I wondered what you think about this because I mean I still don't know if we've got to the idea of what is going on with breadsticks or why Tom's dad is obsessed. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But there are quite a lot of things that you could do with breadsticks. Ada, as a fancy sorcerer, could you use a breadstick as a tasty wand? I wouldn't eat it. I might whittle some holes in it and attempt to play a sort of breadstick flute. Oh wow! You see, well that would be quite. And, and what what sort of lovely Calling beautiful the sound? Could, to me. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this makes me wonder: could we put? sort of holes in a number of different items of bread and play them like different instruments. Could we essentially have a sort of bread band uh, put together? I mean, like, because, you know, like a Danish pastry would surely play like a French horn. Yes, I think so. I think there's a lot that could be done with ciabatta. Mm, yeah, definitely. Exactly. I think I think that, like, a bap would make a really nice ocarina. Oh, lovely. Yeah, that's true. Yes, a baguette would, would just be a Clara baguette. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, and a baparina, I think we'd have to call it as well. In fact, you could take the uncooked breadsticks and string them together and make a sort of rudimentary harp out of breadsticks. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. But it'd have to remain uncooked. You'd have to have a, dro- a droopy harp. And it would be a very, low, yes. a very low noise. You'd have to listen very, very slowly to hear the noise. I bet it would be beautiful, though. I and I bet Tom's dad would absolutely love it. Um, and then uh, when they go stale, by the way, you can just use them as percussion. Excellent. Of course. And of course, very good for the environment. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, oh, there's nothing course. better than a renewable orchestra. Literally nothing better. Yeah. Unless it, <laughs> The only thing is you say it's good for the environment. What if it causes a mass sort of uh, collection of uh, dog pigeons? And then, of course, they fart a lot. That's a lot of methane release. It is. Well, we could just get a th- quite a lot of small corks. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. And yep. stick them up their bottoms to stop them farting. This is brilliant. I mean, guys, I think this is an amazing plan already. Um, that's, that's tricky, though, because if you stick a cork up a dog pigeon's bum, then all it does is it inflates and it inflates and it inflates and it suddenly turns into a dangerous weapon. Well, no, we could we'd attach strings to them uh-huh. and then we could float away and see other places. So we would. So, oh, so we'd have a dog pigeon zeppelin. Absolutely. Oh. Tie them together in an enormous net and we can go on a lovely trip. Oh, and we'll also, have our bread orchestra playing on the Zeppelin. A world tour. Amazing. A carbon-free, footprint-free <laughs> world tour. <laughs> this sounds beautiful. And if we were to hang breadsticks off that Zeppelin, it would play like a bread wind chime as it travels. So beautiful. I can't believe we're not leaving the studio and going to do it immediately. This is such a lovely, wonderful image. And I sort of feel like this is the true journey to world peace. Uh, and probably the only way we can achieve it. Write I was this gonna, down, children. Write this down. I mean, I was going to suggest other ways to use breadsticks, but I don't know if any of them are as good as what we've just come up with. Um, I'll read you the list quickly. It's not as good. I was going to say tasty Jenga or tasty pickup sticks. Um, they could be a sword for if you're fighting some cheese, um, but pretty much only that. Uh, a tasty cigar and a rubbish pencil that's still tasty. You're right. None of those were as good as that. No, they weren't. No, no. I think you guys are absolutely uh, brilliant. <laughs> and, and I suppose that the most important thing, we've, we haven't really asked what's, what's going... Ada, what's going on with them? Why is Tom's dad so obsessed with them? Uh, well, because I think he probably has an inkling of their potential 
which we've just explored here. He probably didn't know how to put that together, but if he listens to this, Tom, if you thrust a pair of earphones on your father and make him listen to this, perhaps we can all turn something around and that, my friends, is what will be going on with breadsticks in the future. Well, I very much hope that's the case. Ben, do you agree? Is that is that your view on it too? Um, yeah, yes, I think so. He's clearly an entrepreneur and he's just looking for an opportunity to uh, uh, foist breadsticks upon... Foist. Fo- yes, to foist them, uh, which is quite a difficult thing to do with a number of objects, but particularly with a breadstick. Uh, but he wants to foist them upon the dragons in Dragon's Den and try and pitch them so that there are uh, there are breadsticks on every tr- street corner. Like, the government are currently trying to put water fountains on every street corner. Pfft, that's easy. I want to see a breadstick dispenser on every street corner. Is it? There's some beautiful changes that I hope will happen in the world very soon. They very much need to. Uh, Tom, I hope that's answered your question as to what's going on with breadsticks. As for your dad, um, I hope that he is able to work on his campaign so that we can get to that kind of dog pigeon uh, zeppelin with the <laughs> breadstick wind chime. Um, either that or that he recovers soon. <laughs> Um, our second question uh, today is, uh, I feel like we've answered that one brilliantly. Thank you very much, both of you. Um, our second question, also very important, and it's from Clement, who gave us the show's opener. And look, I wouldn't normally pick two uh, suggestions from the same person, but this is such a good question that I think for the sake of humanity and animalanity and alienality, um, we need to answer it. So I hope you two are ready. Um, have you ever seen a lizard that looked like someone famous? Ben. Uh, I'll admit, I haven't, but I have seen a couple of he- people who look like lizards. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, I have seen, there's quite a lot of little old ladies who look like turtles and terrapins. Are they 100 years old? They are all 100 years old. So we They can better say not what- be listening. We- Stop listening. Get we- out. We can say whatever we want about them. Yeah, it's that's absolutely fine. fine. Um, the-, the other one is, I saw, you know how snakes can dislocate their jaws? Oh, wow. Yeah, I saw a guy eating a triple-decker hamburger, and he just he looked like a snake because he just had the hamburger going into his mouth. And even I even heard his jaw click. Oh, my goodness. Did he also have, like, a long, worm-like body? He, yeah, he did. He That's did. bizarre. And did he leave sort of, like, some skin on the chair when he left? Yep, absolutely. That I as think well. that was a snake, Ben. I think that might have been a snake. Yeah, but it was a snake with arms. Oh, my goodness. Yes, it do. I always think that snake, because snakes shed their skin Mm -hmm. quite regularly, I'm fairly certain that sometimes they've just got arms and they just get rid of them when they need to, like, get into a smaller T-shirt or whatever. So they've got detachable arms. I think snakes are having us on. And I think every time we see them, they're like, I've got no arms. And then they'll just pop some out. I've just thought another use for bread is breadsticks, arms for snakes. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, prosthetic arms for snakes. It works perfect. Or, I mean, also, you could, if there's a lonely snake, you could draw some eyes on a breadstick and then it's a friend. Oh, that's really... Yeah, but the thing is, the breadstick could be a little bit too rigid, so the snake would just think its friend is dead. Oh, no, that's... Oh, my goodness, it's Tragedy Club for Kids all over again. (laughs) Oh, guys, we've got to keep away from this. This is really sad. I think rigor mortis and snakes is another rude word, I shouldn't say. Yes, uh, that is very sad. Um, Well, okay, so you haven't seen seen, uh, a lizard that looks like a famous person, but you've seen people that look like possibly famous lizards. I don't know. Yeah. Because there are some famous lizards out there. There's uh, Chameleon Wright um, and Chameleon Sterling. Uh, There's Iguana Kendrick uh, and Snake Gyllenhaal, obviously very famous... (laughs) As well. Um, So there's quite a few out there. It's very possible that some people do look like famous lizards. Um, Ada, have you ever seen a lizard that looks like a famous person? You know what, Tin and I have. Oh my goodness, what? Got it. Now, I babysat for a short short and unpleasant amount of time. Um, Can I just check? Does this involve sitting on a baby? No, no, it's babysitting a lizard. So you sit on a baby lizard? 
No, I wanted to sit on it, but its cage was, its log was too hot, to be honest. Right, I sure. don't know what the, uh, care, care for, would that be better? I don't know, uh, it depends for. on if you cared for it or if you just poked it in the eye. I don't know, I don't think his eye was its au pair. Anyway, right. it was a bearded dragon, and its name was Poga, and it had three legs. That's not relevant, it's a fact, though. And I babysat it for a friend of mine who was a psychiatrist. Now, this friend of mine was tremendously clever, and knew all sorts of things about the brain and what people wanted. However, she thought that this lizard, Poga, loved her. And I tried to explain, completely pointless to try and explain, that this lizard, Poga, didn't have the parts of its brain that do love. It had the parts of its brain that do, I want food. Very much with your more bones, reverence. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm quite cold, for example, and it's sleepy time now, but it didn't do love. Anyway, my friend didn't believe this. My friend went away and I looked after Poga. Now I realised Poga liked to sit on a hot log and do nothing. That sounds great. And I would have to buy raspberries, all right, and feed Poga raspberries. So I say feed. I would have to leave Poga a raspberry just a few centimetres away from its face. And then when it thought it was time, it would go towards the raspberry and munch the raspberry. But it was very inefficient at this, and there was no mirror in Poga's little vivarium. So Poga would have the most extraordinary raspberry stains on its (laughs) face that looked like it had badly applied some very red lipstick. And then I would laugh at Poga. And Poga would, I think, look disgruntled. Although, coming back to my earlier point, I don't think it had the parts of the brain that would recognise being laughed at and disgruntled. However... Poker looked like a character for a very old television programme called Are You Being Served? You can find it on YouTube, I'm sure. And there was a woman there called Mrs Slocum. That was her name. You can look her up, Mrs Slocum. And Poga, when she had eaten a raspberry, looked like Mrs Slocum. Oh, my goodness. Well, that is incredible. I didn't think... I didn't know it was possible to give Clement an absolutely solid 100% answer to this. Done. But you have seen a lizard that looked like someone famous. And that's quite impressive. Thank you. That is very impressive. I also have to say that that Poga having you sort of say Poga didn't have the emotions to do all these things, but I Poga has quite an incredible. I mean, I I'd love to just have the emotions just to eat. I mean, that is me really. I just think about food and sleep, and I'd love to have a sleep on a hot log. Should I just put great. some raspberries a few centimeters away from your face? I would happily gobble them and then have a snooze. Great! It sounds like a lovely day for everyone. Brilliant! That is Sorted. pretty brilliant. There's um, I, I, there are four thousand six hundred and seventy-five different types of lizard. So I'd hope that some of them look like famous people. Yeah. I don't know I don't know how many uh what, what you'd get out there. I've definitely seen some turtles that look like famous people. I don't know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> but I look at some turtles' faces and think, yeah, you could be in Hollywood. What what lizard would we like to see? Well, that one. Yeah, I see I'd like to see a rock terrapin that looked like the rock. I think that would be great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Ben? Any any particular favourites? You know that you'd like to see out there in the world of lizards and famous people. I mean, I'm I'm always a big fan of pangolins. Oh, yeah. I love a good pangolin. They're like li- little tiny armoured lizards, and I think mo- like most pangolins look a little bit like Optimus Prime. Oh, because they because they've got that sort of um, armoured plating thing. Mm. So like pangolins, like they could they could turn into a lorry, they could turn into a transformer. Yes, they absolutely could. And I also think that it probably I, I quite like to see a pangolin that looked like Scarlett Johansson. 
<laughs> yes, I just also think that would really suit both the pangolin and Scarlet. She'd probably like to play that in a film at some yeah. point. Um, good. Well, there you go, Clement. And I mean, we, we've had a hundred percent actual proper answer for you there. Um, Ada has met a lizard who looked uh, like Mrs. Slocum, which is incredible. Um, and Clement, you didn't say that if you'd ever met any lizards who looked like someone famous. So if you have, please do let us know. I'm also certain that somewhere out there is a tortoise that does look like George Clooney. I'm sure it's happened. <laughs> Very sure it's happened. <laughs> Right, and now is very importantly, it's time for your jokes. Uh, at Comedy Club for Kids, we don't just do podcasts, but we also do shows all over the country. And we run workshops teaching you how to do stand-up comedy if you'd like to give it a go. You can find out where we do those near you at comedyclub4kids.co.uk and you can also ask an adult-type person to get you a copy of our How to Be an Unstoppable Comedy Genius book from our website at just seven of their monies. Um, for this show, though, if you have any jokes uh, that you've written yourself and would like myself and the guests to read them out, please send them in, as well as any suggestions for topics, questions, or opening and closing lines and we will send you a copy of our book for free and um, this week we have had jokes sent in that nearly made me wee wee xylophone everywhere oh goodness sorry everyone uh, I didn't mean that but they really are that good our first joke uh, comes from George age 9 and Isabel age 7 I don't they obviously a writing team which is very impressive um, and uh, Ada would you like to read out their absolutely wonderful joke please yes very good uh, so one person says to the other what type of school did my dad go to and the other person says Balding school. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. Absolutely. That is absolutely brilliant. Fantastic. Amazing. I wonder what they teach at balding school. <laughs> Follicle studies. That's it. Well, I, I do wonder, like, is her, are there, is her dad professionally bald? Then is he, like, studied and trained and then maybe gone to bald university and... And now he's like the most bald you could be. Well, yeah, it's if you think really, really hard, then you're creating a lot of heat on top of your skull and it just burns your hair away. Now, Ben, as a very hairy person, does that mean you <laughs> don't really think very much? No. No, I do not. Oh, that was a, a terrible self-burn, wasn't it? <laughs> I, I mean, it had to be asked, Ben. It had to be. I, too, am a hairy person. And, and so, you know, arguably, uh, I, I don't think I'd just like to sleep on a hot log. Um, so uh, <laughs> we've got uh, one more joke, um, which, uh, and this one has been sent by uh, Mia Lily 2 uh, on our Pop Jam account. Um, I don't know anything more about Mia Lily 2. Is she 2? Uh, is Mia Lily 2 names? One name. Who knows? Um, anyway. Um, is she a sequel? She might be a sequel. Maybe there's a Mia Lily, the movie, out there. Yeah. And she's Mia Lily 2, the, the sequel. The Revenge. Well, in some nice way. Some people always say that sequels aren't as good. But I have to say that based on this, from Mia Lily 2, she's very good. Um, so, uh, Ben, if you'd like to read this out. <clears throat> Who poop in the crib. And that's it. It's brilliant. And, and I love the way you read that there. Would you like to, any other styles you'd like to try reading it in? Who poop in the crib. That's brilliant, beautiful. Yes, that's very good. Who poop in the crib? Oh, it takes on a whole different yeah. time. Again, again. That made it sound like it was hoop, like who poop is a thing. Hoop, and hoop, could hoop. you, um, could hoop, you, hoop in the crib? Like hoop, owl, the owl biscuit. Yeah. Oh no, I said it. <laughs> oh no. Um, and could you do a version for Tragedy Club for Kids? <laughs> who poop in the crib? Oh, that was. Oh, that was beautiful. That's very moving. Thank you, Ben. That was. Uh, well, there you go. I'm um, going to drive down the street with music playing loudly from my car and the windows down, just going, hoop, hoop in the crib. Yes, I Look think at, you should. You should press it. Hoop, hoop, hoop. 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 
Shots go honk, honk, in the crib. Boom. That is, well, I think we've all learned something very important here today. Uh, but we don't know who poop in the crib, and we won't know uh, until everyone is shouting it. Um, I never want to know. I never want to know either. I never want to know. Uh, maybe it's me and Lily too. Who knows? Maybe she's, this is a great distraction technique. Could be, could be a very nervous pangolin. It could be a very nervous pangolin that looks like Scarlett Johansson. Um, thank you again for such fantastically funny jokes, uh, George, Isabel and Mia Lily. That is brilliant. Um, if you have any, you, the listener, you listening right now, unless you're 100, stop it. Um, if you've got any <laughs> then uh, that you've definitely made up by yourself and you want to be read out on the show uh, so that we all get the giggles, then please send it to podcast at comedyclubforkids.co.uk with an adult's supervision, of course. And um, supervision means that they can see super things. <laughs> So, uh, for the last topic today, uh, this isn't a question, um, but Isabel, aged eight, has asked if we can play a game of Would You Rather. Now, I don't know if you two are familiar with the game, are you? Yes. Yes, Yes, you both know the game Would You Rather. Now, listeners, um, I'm sure you're familiar with it, but just in case you're not, what happens is uh, you get asked which of two not very nice things you'd rather do, and you have to pick one of them. So, now, I've got a couple lined up for today's guests, and then if you've got any you'd like to say, Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll throw them out to the others, but... First up for you two, Ben and Ada, and uh, you can answer this when Game you feel ready. Game face on, Ada. Yeah, I can see. I always have it on. Yeah. <laughs> I can't take it off. Oh, my goodness. That's it. Ada has her game face on. Ben, what face have you got on? Um, I've got my uh, play face on. Play face? Play face. Is that what's needed for this game? Because this is a game. Oh, this it is isn't a, a game. play. Oh, no. What happens if you try and sort of finish this with an act or a, or a song? Um, I... I, I, I guess it's like it has to go to the judges. Yeah, okay, we'll see, we'll see. Well, look, I, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And uh, I hope the play isn't a tragedy. Me too. And uh, Ada's got a game face on. So, for the two of you, and just answer when you're ready, would you rather your eyebrows crawled all over your face or you left a trail of paprika wherever you went? Shall I go first? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love the eyebrows thing. Would you? I think that'd be tremendous fun. Yes. Like totally, but they'd always crawl all over your face, like yes, little caterpillars. Not? You know what I mean? Why not? And I might get a seat on the tube or the train. People might be so horrified by the look of my face. They think, good Lord, that woman needs to sit down. I would go, yes, yes. And then I'd have, yes. No, I think they'd be lovely. Yes, eyebrows crawling. How would anyone ever know what expression you were doing? I don't know. I'm, I'm like a chameleon in many ways. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's very interesting. Okay, you chose that very quickly. I'm very impressed. Um, ben, do you need as much time to ponder over this? I'm, I'm pretty tempted by the eyebrows as well, but only if I can control them. So if they can sort of like crawl in formation about my face. No, there's no... I'm what not, information I, would in, you like them to give? <laughs> well, I don't know. I'd like them to sort of like crawl around my nose so they could look like brackets. Oh, yes. So people would be like, my nose is an afterthought. Or they could sort of crawl down and live uh, in disguise as my moustache, like they're in witness protection. But if they, they just down crawl... like naughty fangs. That would yeah, be amazing. Or a very small, thin pencil moustache would be really lovely. Um, but I, uh, look, I mean, look, I've come up with this question. If they just randomly crawled all over your face, would it be that or paprika? If it was... So how random is the paprika? It's just a constant trail of paprika. Constant trail of paprika. I mean, you can choose where it comes from. Um, I was sort of thinking maybe just out of a trouser leg at all times. But you could choose it to come out of your nose or your ears or your bum. I mean, I immediately thought paprika bum. The problem is, is that people would think that you're leaving a trail of gunpowder and then they would try and light the paprika. The great thing about how brilliant a paprika bum would be, if you farted, it would look like you had like a red cloud of mist behind you, like a sort of dust storm. And that would always make you quite mysterious. It should be like a fart squid. 
Yes, absolutely. And who doesn't want to be a fart squid? All right, fine. I want to be a paprika fart squid. There you go. I've changed your mind. I don't yes. know. I didn't mean to. I wasn't. I shouldn't have done that. Really, I shouldn't. You have could go to decision, people but... in restaurants yes. and offer to fart paprika onto their meals. You could. Oh, can I just ask? Would you rather? Fart random eyebrows or have paprika crawling randomly about your face? Definitely the eyebrows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, see, I'd find that tricky because one of my favourite flavours of crisps is paprika flavoured crisps. So if I had it all over my face, I could just sort of rub crisps on my face, plain flavour, and then I'd automatically <laughs> have paprika crisps. That's very strange. You'd definitely get a seat on the tube if you were rubbing paprika crisps all over your face. Oh, if I could do that while being asleep on a hot log, I'd have the best life. Um, and let's just, I'll ask you the last one. Um, would you rather you were a dragon, but instead of breathing fire, you were just sick everywhere, or you were a kangaroo, but your pouch was always filled to the brim with mouldy eggs? Dragon sick. Dragon sick, yeah. Mouldy eggs. Oh, really? Yes. Because the thing about, like, but, like, being sick is mostly horrible, but there's, like, there's a little bit after you've just been sick that you feel, I feel kind of proud. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Liquid after. No expectations. Yeah, yeah. Hey, everyone, that's my sick. Yeah. I'm an artist, but with my mouth. <laughs> no, I'd like to be a kangaroo. I'd like to do those giant hops. I think that'd be worth a few mouldy eggs. I'd put a clothes peg on my nose so I wouldn't be able to smell them, and I'd just do giant hops everywhere. But they'd crack and you'd get mouldy egg juice in your pouch. Well, I just learned to live with it. After a while, one learns to live with things. No, but also, after a while, you're doing all the jumping, and the mouldy egg juice would mean they'd scramble. They would, and I'd have mouldy scrambled eggs. Yeah. But you never know, I might grow new bacteria and find a cure for something. That's very true, that's very true. And also, as you jump, they might fall out and splat people you don't like. You see, there's a lot to be said. But then also, being a dragon that's being sick, you can be sick on people you don't like. So, I mean, really, I think both have their pros uh, and We should team up. We team up and use our powers for good. Yeah, that's Stinky a reboot kangaroo. of Game of Thrones, I'd like and to see. Stinky yeah. dragon! <laughs> it sounds, sounds absolutely brilliant. Um, if only, you could also perhaps be a pukey dragon that maybe looked like a celebrity. Uh, if you try one that maybe looks like Samuel L. Jackson. I yeah. don't know, Ari- <laughs> Ariana Grande. Um, good, well, there, there we go. Um, right, so those are all my would-you-rathers. Um, now, Ben, I understand you've got a couple that you'd like to throw out to us. I do. Would you rather be a vampire who sucks out bogeys or a werewolf that turns into a dachshund? Oh, well, I, oh, go on, Ada, after you, actually. Obviously the dachshund, obviously. That's exactly what I was going to say, obviously the dachshund. <laughs> I mean, the werewolf that sucks out bogeys is disgusting. It's a vampire, darling, a vampire. I mean, sorry, the vampire that sucks out, yeah, that's, that's what I meant, bogeys. the vampire. But also because vampires would be, they, they're always so cool and they always dress like really cool and they're always like, hey, I room around in the dark with my cape and my fancy dress and my slick hair and, all right, I'm just going to lick your bogeys. <laughs> like, that ruins it, that's horrible. <laughs> yes. I think a werewolf dachshund, definitely. But the thing is, like, dachshunds are super cute, but they're, they're not fearsome, whereas the whole point of werewolves is that they're terrifying. Yes, I know, but imagine, you, see, you have to get very low to look a dachshund in the eyes. But if the dachshund was also secretly a werewolf, imagine the sort of rage, the potential power in the dachshund's eyes. That would be tremendously exciting. Yeah, that is true. It's not, it's not a dachshund that then turns into a werewolf. It's a how p- does that work, then? Well how, well, how do werewolves work? So is every full moon you turn into a dachshund? Yes. Oh, see, I, I, see, I know that, but then I just like that every full moon, you turn into a dog, have a little snooze by the fire, <laughs> you can go and chew on a bone, have a little, uh, go for a little walk. Like, it sounds like a lovely day off. Yeah, it really does, was, actually. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you've made this difficult. You know? Whereas the vampire, machine the vampire put one fang up each nostril. Yeah. Yeah, that's disgusting. I thought it was no. a werewolf who every full moon turned into a dachshund. Well, there you go. I, I, I think this one's quite simple. Yeah. Okay, well, in that case, would you rather be a human that turns into a dachshund every full moon or a werewolf that turns into a... 
Dachshund every full moon. Oh, the latter, the, the werewolf to Dachshund combo would be my preferred okay. one. Yeah, I don't really mind. I'm quite hairy, so I'm quite like a werewolf. <laughs> it wouldn't make much difference How to me. How stupid are werewolves? Yeah. Hey, well, they don't know where they are at all times. That's why they're called werewolves. They're just always lost. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely what the reason for it is. Um, okay, well, well, thank you. Oh, I was going to say, say, no one's thought about the Y-wolves. I know, or the Howl Wolves. Yeah. Also very different. But the Howl Wolves. Howl Wolves, yes, very different. Uh, as well. <laughs> and the Who Wolves as well. Yes. yes. Um, there are many out there that nobody thinks about, and, and I think it's important to highlight those on this podcast, actually, that if you are out there, um, just spare a thought for the uh, Who, What, Where, Why, and How Wolves, uh, who are not paid anywhere near enough attention. Yeah, and the When Wolves. And the now When wolves. wolves. Now Wolves. That's it. When when Wolves, Now Wolves. When Wolves, <laughs> Now Wolves. Who poop in the crib? <laughs> Who pooped in the crib? The wolves. All the wolves, the wolves. <laughs> I think this is a beautiful thing that's happened today. Thank you guys for coming in. Um, I hope that's what you were looking for, Isabella, or rather hearing for. And uh, thanks to everyone who sent in suggestions or jokes this week from Clement, Tom, Isabella, George, Isabel, Mia Lily too, and Mabel. Uh, Comedy Club for Kids does shows all over the UK and abroad with very many funny acts, uh, including Ben and Ada. Um, we're at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival throughout August at the Assembly Roxy at 5.35 with different acts every single day. Plus, we've got loads more shows all over the place from September onwards. Do check out comedyclubforkids.co.uk to see when and where we're near you. And please don't forget to tell everyone you know about this podcast, except for 100-year-olds. Go back to telling everyone how you used to eat card and sausages were only used for hats for special occasions. Sorry, I do mean um, ask your nearest not-ridiculous adult to help you like, subscribe, and maybe even review this podcast and send in all your topics, questions, opening and closing lines, and self-written jokes to podcast at comedyclubforkids.co.uk. Comedy Club for Kids presents Radio Nonsense. We'll be back next week. But before we go, one last message from Mabel. The bathtub is overflowing with pigs. Remember to wash your hands. Bye. Bye. Bye now. You have been listening to Comedy Club for Kids presents. Comedy Club for Kids Presents Radio Nonsense was recorded at the ACAST Studios in London. The guests were Ada Camp, a.k.a. Naomi Paxton, and Ben Vandervelt. Music by Paddy Gerbers, designed by Cal Prendergast, and hosting and writing by me. See you in Radio Nonsense! Radio Nonsense! It's the end! Who's <laughs> in the crib?